The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Sean, Bean, and Morris Chestnut of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who always lives to the end of the show, Josh, how are you doing this week? Hello, I'm doing okay, hanging in there. And while I might not know who Morris Chestnut is, I do know that I am him <laughs> in your analogy, because Sean Bean never lives in anything he does. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. He doesn't. Do you know uh, what this reference is, Sean Bean and Morris Chestnut? I mean, no, I don't know who Morris Chestnut is. I guess a safe bet would be Lord of the Rings, but it could be anything. <laughs> so the episode of this show is Legends because of some things we're going to be talking about later. And apparently there was a television show called Legends with Sean Bean and Morris Chestnut. Who knew? It was called Legends? I believe so. I believe the television show is called Legends. Now I need to know what it Fact is. check me right now. Yeah, Legends. Oh, it's uh, two seasons. It looks <laughs> interesting. It's like a procedural? I think so, yes. I've never heard of the show. I literally was looking for things that are paired together that were legends, and this is one of the things that came up, so I just went with it. Interesting. Okay. I'm guessing it's not very good, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard of it, so it probably isn't great, unless it's a British show, and then it probably is great. I mean, Morris Chestnut, Sean Bean, that totally could be British, I guess. Uh, No, it was on TNT. Okay, well, that also sounds like a TNT <laughs> show, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, I guess I could have done the, oh gosh, the movie, was it called Le- mm, Legendary? Legend? Legendary? Where, why am I blanking on his name? Bane. Tom. I kept wanting to say Tom Holland, which is <laughs> I not almost right just said it too. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Uh, played two characters in that movie, and I guess that would have worked too. Was that legendary? Legend? Le- mm, I think something it's, like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, okay. Legend, I think. It, maybe it is just legend. That yeah. Could be. So, hey, anyway, that was really fun. <laughs> Do anything exciting this weekend? Oh, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Went to the grocery store. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Target, Walmart. That's it, I think. <laughs> wow. Played outside with my son. <laughs> Out and about you were. I did, I actually went to the hardware store this weekend as well and the grocery store. That was about it. So finishing up finally this garage project is basically done at this point. Well, the whole painting and all that's done. Now it's just putting everything back because it's getting cold here now, Josh. It is decided <laughs> that we have gone from – we are very much in fall. It is very fall right now. Yes, here as well. We have – yeah, highs in the 40s, which – Oh, ah, no, that's it's warmer here. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, we have highs in the 40s. So – it was decided that we really got to finish this project up because I don't want to be out there yeah, any colder than this. So, <laughs> you know, no big deal. No big deal. Josh, did you know the other exciting news that happened, I think, on, like, Friday? 
to you? Well, it's something I'm excited about. News Friday that you were it was excited enter- entertainment. entertainment. I think it was Friday. Uh, it was PlayStation related? Nope. No. Television related. Television. Oh, yes. Dexter is coming back. Dexter coming back for a 10 episode arc. <laughs> How bad could it be? <laughs> I mean, it can't be worse than the finale was. It really can't. And I know they said that part of their goal is to fix the finale. <laughs> Usually, I would be someone who's like, hey, don't come back. It's whatever. It's fine. But you know what? In this case, if they want to try to fix it, please try to fix it. Because you can't make it worse than it was. The question is, do they pretend that that finale never happened? Or does it pick up with Mountain Man Dexter? And then he's like, you know what? I still have to kill. <laughs> I I am trying to figure out because... They have done interviews, and it sounds like they they said they kind of part of the reason they want to come back is they want to right the wrongs of what happened. But it does sound like what happened happened. It does sound like okay. they are going to he, take the ending that occurred uh, and, and grow forward from there. But it is going to be a few years in the future. It is not immediately when the show ended. Uh, I had a question to ask you, and then I was like, "Do I worry about spoilers?" Now I'm like, "That show's so old." But what if people want to watch it again? What is Deb still alive? I don't even remember. So they have not confirmed whether Jennifer, what's her last Carpenter. name? Carpenter. Carpenter. They have not confirmed whether she's coming back or not. I mean, talk about it. I know we're, we're going long already at the beginning, but talk about a tumultuous casting choice where I know <laughs> where John C. Uh, Michael C. Hall. I almost called him John C. Riley. Where Michael C. Hall? <laughs> that would be super interesting. To see John his... C. Riley version of Dexter. <laughs> and, and Jennifer Carpenter plays his sister. And then in season two, they got married. And then in season four, they got divorced. It's divorced in real right. life. And then yeah. And then they made her she his love interest in season yeah, six. <laughs> so weird. Like I said, I'm not saying the show ended well. So I'm like really as not. you're like you're you're. You're working with your ex, and you're like, well, at least I know there's no way I'm going to be put in any uncomfortable romantic scenes because we play brother and sister. <laughs> and Granted, then they're like, oh, the writers are like, well, one of the writers is like, either I really don't like Michael, or I really don't like Jennifer, <laughs> and I'm going to write this crazy storyline. <laughs> it was such a weird choice. It really was. And that's what's so hard is because season four of Dexter is so good. The best. It really is so good. And then... The years after that are just so hit and miss. There was one good one after that. Than hits. What's up? There was one good season after that. I think it there might was. have been six. Uh, yep, exactly. Five is bad. Or five is bad. Six is good. Seven is bad. Five was the Julia Styles one. That was not good. Correct. Seven was the finale. Yep, Final not season. Good. That, was, that was terrible. Six was Colin Hanks and um, um, the captain from Battlestar. Yep. I can't um, I think. Uh, Edward James almost. Yes, correct. Yeah, that yeah, was no, a good. I agree. Yeah, season six was good. Uh, not as good as four, but definitely better than five. five you could tell they were trying to seven. capitalize. They were trying to make four again. Yeah, you could they, tell. they definitely were. And they, I mean, they. I wouldn't say they came close, but it was one of the... I mean, I think season four and season one are the best two seasons. Yeah. But I think then probably six. Yeah, hey, watch Dexter. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, now's a great time to get on board. Because at is. least we, you know that there's something new coming for it. And it's a good spooky-ish show. And it is gory, gory, gore alert, if you're not into that kind of stuff. But I will say, as someone who has finally started watching The Boys, it is not as gory as The Boys. No, it's not. I don't think. <laughs> I am on season two, episode three, nice. I think, of The Boys. Nice. So, making my way through. 
a little behind the times, but you know, getting there, getting there. Well, it's been about eight minutes of television talk. Do you think we should actually get to the real show? <laughs> we can just make the support of everything episode. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. All right. Well, we'll get to the show as is. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. If you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also, Board with VG. We are a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper in that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh. Hi. It's your first topic of the show. You get to kind of kick things off. But if it's okay with you, since we're both going to talk about what we're playing, yeah. <laughs> if there's anything we've both played, how about we just both talk about it? I was going to say that because pretty much everything I put down, you also have, and I decided to go before you. So that, that's totally like... <laughs> fine. So yeah, just you pick and choose. I'll let you guide it. But anything that I've also played, I'll just jump in on. Yeah, let's start with what I forgot to talk about last, uh, well, two weeks ago now. Um, and that is, um, the wife and I played Harry Potter, um, I want to get their house cup competition, the board game. Um, it is a worker placement game. So if you've played Stone Age or Lords of Waterdeep or games like that, you get, you get the general idea of what it is. Essentially you pick a house. Each house has three, um, characters from the movies and, you basically compete in the house cup from the movies, right? Uh, uh, what you're doing is your um, alternative. Not, I was going to say simultaneously. You you're placing characters in different parts of Hogwarts to uh, uh, train your uh, f- your fledglings, your your uh, champions in uh, defense against the dark arts, charms, or potions. And while you're doing that, you are um, essentially leveling them up and getting um, challenges to complete or um, uh, goal cards. And as you complete these, you gain more points uh, to add to your house cup total. There's seven rounds. Um, and similar to ooh, what game I'm, I'm blanking on, uh, like Quacks of Quedlinburg, uh there are rounds where they add more um spots you can move to so i think the third and fifth round adds a new location which give you bet like give you more perks and similar to other worker placements there are certain spots where only one person can be and there are some spots where multiple people can be um and yeah as you complete your quest you're you're gaining points for your house and you you have them in forms of like these little like mini crystal gems think like smaller um, century Gollum edition gems and you're putting them in these vials that are lined up that represent house points and essentially at the end of the game you are emptying your vial to see how many points you got um, as well as you can add up uh, other things you're ga- gaining along the way you uh, you have ooh, their wizards hats and books and, and because it's been two weeks since I played it I don't necessarily remember um the context as to which they're used, but they're used to complete objectives. Also, each character, once they hit a certain level on their like 
knowledge board, you have to pay uh, the witch's hat to uh, level them up further in that area. Um, I think it goes up to eight for their, like, we'll call it experience in each topic. And some of those challenges require you to have, like, a certain amount of, we'll say, charms. But what you can do is team up. So if you have two characters with four each, you can have them both complete the objective, but then, you know, they're not able to complete another objective that round. So if you do it smart, you could have all three people. Well, you can do up to two objectives. So you could complete two instead of one if you if you schedule it all. I thought it was really good. Uh, definitely the theming helps. This is more of a... There's a lots of other worker placement games I'd probably recommend before this. Um, but if you're a Harry Potter fan, I think that this does separate itself uh, from the other ones, just in theme alone. I mean, it's not a... Like, the theme isn't super strong, like you feel like you're playing, like, an RPG or something, but I think for board games, there's enough there to justify buying another Harry Potter game, because God knows there's a bunch of them now. There are a bunch of them. Would you say similar in difficulty slash complexity to things like Stone Age, Lord Lords of Waterdeep, kind of in that area, a little bit lighter, a little bit heavier? Where would you put it? Um, There's a lot of choices, so it could seem overwhelming, but I think it's pretty... It's it's probably it's easier than Stone Age. It's probably on par with Lords of Waterdeep. Um, I, even Lords of Waterdeep might be more complicated. Okay. Um, so I would say gateway game, gateway worker placement. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, very cool. All right, what can I talk about that you don't have on here? Well, I can talk about part of a game that you have. So I started New Game Plus for Ghost of Tsushima. So. The new patch just came out. The new update and DLC came out Friday. Um, that includes New Game Plus. So I thought um, before I jumped into Legends, I would probably want to get a feel for the character again. And, and New Game Plus just made sense since I platinumed it. Like, time to get other things. Um, I will say, so it adds a new vendor that you start off at right away. Uh, really just adds new customization options. Um, and that's about it, really. I mean, it ups the difficulty level, but you're still like, I realized I had the same feeling like I did when I was already in Act 3 on Ghost of Tsushima, where I was like, I don't want to do side quests anymore. I just want to finish the story. I was enjoying everything, but you know, at that point, I was like, okay, I got, I did hundreds of side quests. I'm done. Like, let's get the story over. So I so I'm still like playing around with it. It's still a beautiful game, but um, to that end, I don't see a huge value in New Game Plus for this one, at least for mm-hmm. me. Uh, so I don't know that I'll probably still p- like play with it, or play around with it a little bit. I might maybe just wait for PS5 to boot it back up and see how much has changed, if anything. I know they said the load times are going to be f- faster, which is insane to even have like that they can even say that sentence like the game that there's literally you have no time to even pick up your phone during loading screens <laughs> so i'm imagining there's gonna be no loading screens <laughs> yeah and that's with them uh artificially inflating the loads right <laughs> so who knows what's gonna happen but but yeah uh ghost of tsushima so why don't we talk about ghost of tsushima legends because we played do- two games together in the past two weeks we have 
which is ridiculous for us. <laughs> that never happens. I know, I know. We did. We we you know three, most of, su- three su- games. Sorry, uh, three games together. Oh gosh, we did play three. <laughs> and actually, there's other games not even on here that we played that we didn't even list. Oh, that's right. We did. What a, what a crazy world. I know it's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, it's so a Ghost of Tsushima Legends, the new multiplayer expansion that is free for anyone who has Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, this has you playing through uh, legends, as <laughs> imagine that. Um, <laughs> Within the world. So you have a storyteller who is kind of guiding you through uh, these stories and you play one of four ghost samurai that have basically different classes, right? So you can pick from someone who is, there's a hunter who's basically like your archer class. You have just a samurai who's going to be your brawler, I guess. Like well balanced, just a balanced character. Uh, You have your ronin who's going to kind of be like your support character. And then you have the what do they what do they call the assassin? Is it? It's just assassin, I think. Okay, is it just assassin? Yeah. So, but you pick basically one of those four classes, and then you play together. Now, the important thing to note is that you know, even if you're the samurai, you still have the bow if you want to. So it's not that the only person with the bow is the hunter or anything like that. It's really just your special abilities and your ultimate abilities that kind of differentiate you, as well as there are certain gear pieces. That only individual classes can use. So I was playing Ronin because I always like to have a support character. Uh, and, you know, one of the special things is that instead of having a bow and arrow, you can swap in basically a projectile bomb that is going <laughs> to kind of knock everyone off balance, uh, which is pretty fun. But when you're trying to be stealthy, it's <laughs> the best option. But yeah, so like I said, this is just a free update. Uh, there are story or the stories that you can go through, which are two-player co-op. Then there's kind of some survival mode things that are four-player co-op. And then there are down the line, uh, there's actually going to be a raid that apparently has three stages according to the trophy for it. That's the only way, way that I know that is a, it says to survive the three stages of the raid. But Josh and I jumped in together, um, played through... Gosh, I think there's 10 story missions, and I think we've played through eight of them. Is that right? We played through a lot. I wasn't actually uh, counting how many we played yeah, through. Yeah, <laughs> it's something in that ballpark. But overall, uh, this is really fun. This is a really cool expansion, I think, especially for something that is free for people who already have the game. This is a really cool way to incorporate multiplayer. It runs really well. We were getting some errors, but I think that is a network, a PlayStation Network thing. I don't think that's an issue with the game. Uh, so I think there's a PlayStation Network issue that has been happening. And this has been happening since update 8.0 that there's been a lot of issues with this. But getting in there, going through these story missions, kind of working together to decide the best way to uh, take out these enemy groups. Uh, I was having a lot of fun with it. Josh, what were your thoughts in playing it? Yeah, it was great. We had a blast. I would have stayed up all night playing it. But even I went, like you went to bed late, I went to bed late. And right. uh, uh uh, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it was definitely those moments where like we both um, were synch- like synchronizing our kills and doing air assassinations at the same time. And you know, I tried to upload a video and it crashed my game and it kicks me <laughs> out. <laughs> so I should probably post that at some point. Um, yeah, it's great. And then we both at by the time we stopped, we both unlocked a secondary character, which adds yep. for a lot more. Um, variety or like if one or of us want to play with Kevin or Dev and we want to stick with our two characters together, we have the option to play as a different character with someone else. Um, 
So I like that. Definitely adds a replayability. I like it definitely. I know I told Kyle, I was like, I, he- I hesitate to compare it to Destiny. Because um, I know, like, people don't like when I compare games to Destiny. <laughs> which is, I get. I I do get it. But, like, when we were doing, some of the missions we had definitely had Destiny vibes. Especially with, like, having to kill certain people certain ways. Um, right. And things like that. So uh, it was good. The, and what I liked about it was, like, we started getting variety, like, maybe five missions in. Like, yeah. not variety, but like um, different styles of defeating our enemies, which is nice. Like, I think it was like, I didn't feel bored. I didn't think the first four missions were like too samey. Like, I thought right. they were still fun and exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with silver when we get through bronze and mm-hmm. how many continues we get. Because with bronze, you can just keep playing. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of customization options, and I think this is where that's more important, right? Like, you're playing with friends, and you want the cool armor. You want the cool mask, because you're not trying to equip it because it gives you a certain um, boost in the, in the regular game. Like, this is all just... Like, you still have your regular, like, leveling up, but all of the cosmetics are just that, which I like. Right. Like, you can make that samurai that you don't have to worry about the moderate increase to health, and you're like, well, why am I wearing this one? I could be wearing... Like maximum health, like, but it's a stupid naked body. Like, why? Why would I wear right. that? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It simplifies that aspect of it. Um, it is interesting that like every map is dark, very dark. So it's interesting that they they did that with like no daytime levels. But I think it's only noticeable when I went back to more new game plus and. It was so bright that like it lit up my whole living room because <laughs> the daytime yeah. levels are so bright in that game. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I'm looking forward to playing it more because I had, I had a, a lot of fun playing that. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot more depth to it than I anticipated because there are different perks you can unlock yeah. and that will help you spec your builds differently. Um, every character has two special abilities. You start with one that, and then you can unlock a second one. You only get to, I assume, equip one of them at a time. Because uh, I haven't unlocked the second one yet, but like I said, with the you have three different perk slots per se, uh, and then you can unlock perks for each one at, over time, and and only certain ones can go in certain slots. So it's not like you can pick and mix and match any one that you want to. Uh, but there's more depth there, like I said, than I anticipated as far as kind of building, specking a build together. There are more items than are in the na- main game, like you have caltrops and other things that were not weapons that you had in the main game. Uh, and they're super effective, like they do a good job and, and they feel useful and valuable and important. Yep. I, I do think that it did a pretty good job to balancing, at least for me, the way the main game feels in that if I stopped paying attention things could get out of hand pretty quickly oh yeah for sure you know in in general i didn't feel like it was very hard until i would make a mistake or something and then all of a sudden it was like oh well i guess i'm just dead (laughs) awesome yeah and either time any either of us made a mistake whether it was you or me like the other one immediately like suffers that consequence too Right, because you're you you know, and like I'm, I was firing bows at a guy, and then bows. I was firing arrows at a guy, <laughs> and all of a sudden, because my camera was tilted to the guy, like I'm getting attacked by four guys I didn't even see come at me. So like, it's definitely like chaotic to a, to a degree as well. Yeah, and there is the fun too of, you know, I can see you sneaking up on someone, but I'm above, so I'm just gonna jump down yeah, and assassinate get, get them the right kill before, before you me. get there. <laughs> yeah. Like just that that fun, you know, the friendly competition of that. Yeah. The stats at the end for your, you know, so you can be like, oh, thanks for carrying me. That was great. Right. I really appreciate it. 
but it is it is an interesting there are interesting decisions to make because if you want to be super stealthy like i said as the ronin you know when you swap out your bow for those area of effect kind of bomb things when you were sniping people like i just really i was like well i gotta work my way up there so i can stab people in the back silently i can't attack from afar because then things are just going to literally explode so that's not going to be helpful yeah so you do have to vary your attacks or try to figure out how you're going to you know do things to um, not draw out all the enemies and stuff so i was pleasantly surprised i thought this looked cool when they announced it but if i'm honest i was hopeful that it was going to be good but i didn't know if it was going to be yeah and I'm very pleasantly surprised. I think this is a really fun, cool addition to the game. Uh, the fact that it's free, I think, is amazing. And here's so here's my question about this, Josh. When thinking of game of the year, my favorite games this year, do do I include this part of it too? I mean, you can. Uh, it is free with the game. Like if someone right. buys this game, this is included. Yeah, I, you can definitely include it. I mean, I would. I mean, maybe use it as a tiebreaker. More than anything, I think. Yeah. Because um, overall, this definitely increases my enjoyment of Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know that it could increase my enjoyment of Ghost of Tsushima for me because it was, <laughs> it, I mean, no spoil like spoilers, but it's probably going to be my game of the year. But um, yeah, this, I mean, I already like greatly enjoyed it, so so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I hear you. I hear yeah. you saying. I'm just, mm, I'm just really impressed. I didn't think this was going to be as good as it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Check it out if you have it. Uh, Josh, what game do you want to go to next then? So I played Pathfinder last night. We continued our Pathfinder campaign. It's been a, it's been a bit since our our dungeon master had a baby. <laughs> so we haven't played <laughs> Pathfinder since then. Uh, so we needed some refreshers. We played over at my place because um, I was watching my son while my wife went out and enjoyed herself, which was nice for her to get out. So we did that. Uh, all masks, of course. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> Playing a role-playing game with masks on. Um, so we are still, we're, we're literally in a Hell Knight Citadel exploring. Um, there's, of course, lots of um, witty and not-so-witty banter between the traveling companions and infighting, uh, as they do. Uh, because all of us hate each other <laughs> as like all our characters hate each other. Um, and where, of course, I told Joe that I was going to mention we had to open a lot more doors again. <laughs> the Citadel that is made of doors, apparently. Um, but we did walk into a room with a summoning circle in it. And in the summoning circle was a devil and... Oh. Uh, there was also a Hell Knight who was killing the devil, literally, as we walked in. And as we squared up to fight the Hell Knight, two devils dropped in from above us. <laughs> so we had a little fight on our hands. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still fun. still have a lot of fun uh, playing with them. I'm hope, I hope they, they're tolerating me and having fun playing with me, because I'm sure I can be a bit much <laughs> once I get going. Um but yeah, it's been, it's still a lot of fun, still great. Um, you know, I feel like one of my worries was like this is going to be something where I just keep waiting to want to roll dice to do something. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, our DM is doing a, a great job with storytelling and making everything seem and feel important leading up to like die rolling events um, and and kind of like 
you know, the whole point of RPGs like Pathfinder and D&D is like letting these people uh, explore. Like I, we went into a room, it was just an empty room and like everyone seemed content to leave. And I was like, well, wait a second, let me look in this room. And then I found a secret passage. So like, nice. there's stuff like that, like, which is nice that you get rewarded for exploring sometimes, but not always. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So quick question. I know you tend to... I don't want to say think outside the box, but you know, when you're playing Pathfinder just from your stories, you're you're maybe interacting with the world a little different than other people are. Yeah. If you were the DM and you had the characters walk into a room that had a summoning circle in it, what would have been in your summoning circle? Oh, well, this is this one was definitely story specific for us, but I think that you're kind of limited to summoning circles and in these games, like I don't think I could have put an elephant in there. <laughs> I was thinking Pizza the Hut. Oh, uh, like bringing in balls. other, yeah, other uh, universes. <laughs> what would I bring? Hellboy, probably, if it was a summoning circle. That's a good option. Three, good he's option. literally born out of one, so maybe Hellboy would be cool. <laughs> okay. I, I Like I said, I don't know why, for some reason, once you said that something, I was like, I wonder if it would be Pizza or Pizza the <laughs> Hut. For, I don't know. That's where I went right away. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, cool. I, I know Joe's listening. Don't get any ideas, Joe. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want Pizza <laughs> the Hut to be killing me. That's embarrassing, probably. <laughs> yeah, so Pathfinder, great. So let's talk about squadrons. Let's talk about our, our time playing Star Wars squadrons together. <laughs> I mean, do we have to? <laughs> I think we have to, yes. So, well, have, did you play any single player at all? I did before we played. I think I did the first mission for each side. Okay. So Kyle and I have been playing Star well, have played Star Wars squadrons. Um, we at least both played a little bit of the story, which I enjoy. Um, and then we played multiplayer, um, which I did not enjoy. <laughs> I agree. I'm 100% on the same page as you. So to defend that statement, I don't know if I should defend anything. To explain that statement, um, I don't know what we were doing wrong, but we played three matches. You had one kill. I had no kills. Yep. And all of them, not just... One right, of them. Total. Uh, we were in a situation where every time we spawned, we were being killed and not being able to see who was killing us or where anybody was. Um, yeah, it was pretty rough. It was extremely frustrating. Um, it makes me feel better knowing that someone said you can do private multiplayer matches with bots. Like, I would totally mm. be down to me versus you playing with bots on our side. Right. Um, but I don't think I'll ever play the multiplayer again. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty it was it was a definitely not the most fun multiplayer game I've ever played. And it's interesting because with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War coming out and the betas for that coming out, there's been a big conversation on social media and everything about skill based matchmaking, right? About how important skill based matchmaking is, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Most people who are very good at games tend not to like skill-based matchmaking because they don't want to have to sweat every game. They like to be able to go in and pub stops with people and whatever. I totally understand that too, right? When you get a, a decisive victory, like that's awesome. Having to really put a lot of effort forward all the time, I'm sure must be very exhausting for people who are good at games. As someone who's not good at games, I feel like I have to work very hard all the time anyway, so never mind, I guess, for me. But in this game, one of the games that we played... You and I were in it, and I think the highest level of anyone in the game on our team was a two or three, and the other team had three or four people who were, like, level 14 and 15. <laughs> and granted, 
when you know that's obviously just an example of how much you have played the game, not necessarily how good you are at the game. But when you have a whole team that has like three people who are level ones, a level two, and a level three against basically everyone else who is you know double digit, yeah, how do they anticipate that game? <laughs> you know, like right. maybe I'm just really magically good at this type of game. And it wouldn't have mattered, but my goodness, it just, it, th- there was almost no part of it when I was having fun. Other than hanging out with you, yeah. it was not a fun experience. There was nothing fun about it. I agree. It was very frustrating. And I mean, you do unlock weapons and stuff. So if they're at level 15, they definitely right. have way more stuff than us. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was frustrating. I 100% agree with you on that. So if you like if if you're out there and you like it, awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. Uh, but I just, yeah, Josh and I did not have a good time. Well, let's move <laughs> on to something less frustrating. Uh, we also played Spellbreak together. I know. Look at us playing all these games together. We were trying to find a game to play on Xbox because Kyle just randomly chose Xbox out of our options, and we were looking at games we could play. And we we're like, hey, let's we could play Apex Legends. And I'm like, cool. I have a nine gigabyte update, <laughs> and Spellbreak is only five gigabytes for the whole game. So let's give it a shot so that downloaded we did something in between waiting for it to download right or do we just talk i don't even know we just talked talked. okay uh yeah this was a game i had tested for getting ready for extra life i tested on a stream just because i heard like people talking about it and i think i watched alana pierce play a match and i thought it looked really cool Mm -hmm. um and i really actually think this is a great game and I'm actually really enjoying playing it, <laughs> which is weird. It is still a battle royale game, but uh, I like uh, the changes. You're not, you're also not fighting a hundred people. I think it's more, right. um, it's slower paced, but mm-hmm. only in the instances where you're not fighting people. Um, I think right. the con- the action and the combat is very um, engaging and exciting uh, and essentially, if I haven't talked about this before, you're you play as mages, and you are equipping gauntlets that are infused with elements or poison. <laughs> Not an element. Um, <clears throat> and you're also like reading spell books to level up and finding these mana. What are they called? I always mess the names up. Sphere, mana, yeah, cube, mana. Circle. Man, something. Mana Bolt. There are these mana locations, which are essentially pop-up chests, but they're... Vault. Mana, mana Vault. Yes. But yes. they're you know they're definitely more contended as they pop up on the maps for everyone to see. Um, but mm-hmm. you do get stronger gear. We just seem to go for them every time and have pretty good luck, I think, yeah. without running into people. Uh, we played that a bunch. We played it for a few hours, and that was a lot of fun as well. Um, the best we did was number two, which I think ain't too shabby for duos. Yeah, I was pretty happy. And very clearly when we got to, you know, the top three, the top five, whatever it might be, the people we lost to had very clearly played more of this game than we oh, had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the cool thing is, is that the elements that you have interact differently with one another that if you, for example, if you do wind and you use your spell to put down a tornado and then you have electricity for your other one you can make it an electric tornado like just very cool fun things that make it different plus the longer you play you are unlocking different abilities and such so that you know if you are someone who's like wants to focus on wind you could eventually can unlock an ability so that if you're in your tornado it doesn't hurt you and it actually lets you like jump higher into the air if you jump into it and stuff so there definitely becomes more strategy Uh, and most of the 
um, spells also will have some other effect. Like if you are doing, you know, poison and you get hit, you start taking damage over time, but it also slows you down. Like you walk slower and things like that. So yeah, it was a pretty fun game. I do think the community is probably pretty small. I don't know that any of our games were actually full. Right. Yeah. You know, we were definitely in the lower numbers of teams that were in there. There were games where we definitely wouldn't see anyone for a while. But, yeah, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was pretty inventive. I thought the fights were engaging. Um, I think there's a lot of variety depending on how you decide to spec out and build your character and with the interactions between the different elements. Uh, So it's kind of a bummer to me this game isn't getting more attention because I had a really good fun, fun time with it. It is obviously free to play, but... I didn't feel like, obviously, I haven't spent money on it. I know you haven't spent money on it. Uh, But I didn't really feel that we were ever at a disadvantage because of that. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. So anytime we lost, I was like, wow, they were really good. (laughs) Full cross play. And maybe they spent $100 to be really good. I don't know, but it didn't seem that (laughs) way. Uh, Full cross play and cross progression. So that is nice. That is nice because I had actually started on PS4 when we played on Xbox. I signed in. I was at the same level, like my character had all their stuff, um, which is really fun and really cool to see. Yes. So, so speaking of free-to-play and uh, cell animation, yeah, let's talk about Genshin Impact. Um, I decided to play it because everyone is talking about it. Um, it, not, it didn't necessarily, like, I didn't know too much about the game. Um, I only played a little bit. I'm assuming you played way more than I did, but um, it is another... A uh, beautiful looking game for sure. Um, it is also free to play, which I'm just I'm just genuinely curious how this game is gonna make money or how it is making money. Um, They've made over a hundred million dollars already. Yeah, so I don't I haven't run into anything that like spells out why or how, but I'm sure right. I'm sure people like I'm sure it's in there. Um, yeah, I mean I only played a little bit. It's definitely 100% a um, JRPG style game. Uh, I got a little nervous when I had to climb a wall, and it told me that my stamina would go down. I got a little nervous that it was going to be Breath <laughs> of the flashbacks. Wild. <laughs> um, but after that, it, it it felt more Wind Waker than um, if I'm going to use a Zelda comparison. It felt more Wind mm-hmm. Waker than it did Breath of the Wild um, so far. Um, I find it interesting that your companion is Paimon, the demon from Hereditary, um, and <laughs> you're going after the Seven, <laughs> who are the superheroes in The Boys. <laughs> I thought some of the, the terminology caught me off guard. I was like, I can't trust this girl. Her name is Paimon, and Paimon is the devil. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, I didn't get too far. I got I got through some combat, and I got my first um, seven power, which is water. Um, how about you? How you doing? How you enjoying this game? How much have you played? Yeah, I'm only actually a couple hours in, so I, I haven't played all that much just because of everything else that's been being played. But I tentatively enjoy it. I'll say right now, uh, like you, I am a little worried about the whole free to play aspect and and where that. Uh, paywall will come in in reading about it and listening to other people talk about it who have played far more uh you know it seems like the idea of having to pay comes in really never if you don't want to uh but about 20 hours in sounds like where if you want to take advantage of some paying some stuff you might see some benefit from it but even at that point 
20 hours into an RPG, and if that's really the first time where I'm like, oh, I guess I could see how paying a little bit of something for paying for something at this point would help me. I feel like that's a pretty good value. Yeah, I did notice like you know, like, the I level up thing, that... like you can put in as much like coin as you have to level up the certain thing. Because I was like, what is the catch? Like, it's like level up your character. Right. And then it's like, how much do you want to level it up? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. And then it's like, well, you have this mon- this much whatever gold or whatever, this much currency. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, how high can I go? I was like, oh, I don't. What if I need this money later? So I only, I right. like, I only did it a little bit, but I guess, yeah, I guess people paying could just probably just buy all the currency right. just to level up fully at <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, and like I said, for the production value of the game, there are some things with the controls that you can clearly tell this was a game that is on mobile and things. Yeah. But overall, I'm pretty impressed just from a production standpoint of what this game is for the exactly zero dollars I have paid for it. The audio is great. When that yeah. thing th- flew over my head, no spoilers, I heard it coming and saw the shadow, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. That was very cool. Yeah. It, it, it For a free-to-play game, it is pretty impressive. I do wonder if this is the exception, not the rule. And since everyone's like, oh, this game is so awesome, and you know, it's made its production money back in two weeks because they put out such a good game, I, I'm not anticipating that the next, you know rpg from xyz whatever triple a studio is something going to be free to play yeah you know so uh but like i said it it is doing a lot of things right um and i i plan to continue playing it so that's cool i guess yeah cool okay uh the last game for me uh is hades so yeah i'm still playing it i'm still enjoying it i still can't believe i'm running into new dialogue and options for as many times as I've played. I've opened up a new area in the, in the like living area, like space. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I got back to Hades again and did not do well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I just, I'm just really enjoying it so much. Um, And I'm enjoying it more after, well, after our interview last week and what my thing of the week, my, you know, what we talk about at the end also helped me enjoy the game a little bit more, um, which I didn't think was possible. I was really enjoying it so much. Right. Um, but now I, I'm appreciating it a little bit more for what it is. And yeah, I've, I've run into, I can't, it's so weird. I found I'm running into new gods that I haven't mm-hmm. run into in 30 playthroughs. Uh, and and uh and i'm connecting dots to other like to like between gods and stuff like that it just seems very fresh every time i play it i actually am looking forward to dying so i can get back and see what i like what changed from my run but i also know like the further you get the more likelihood something bigger will change so like i don't want to die early but yeah it's great awesome yeah i'm still playing hades i was totally wrong last week i thought i was like in the mid-20s for my runs i was in the mid-teens oh there you go which i think explains a little bit more why i was only where i was at (laughs) yeah because i was on like 14 or 15 not 25 or 26 like i thought i was yeah so yeah now i don't feel quite so bad but i am still playing i am actually haven't been able to play too much uh since last week i i still think i think i'm at like run 19 or so right now yeah um 
So, because, <laughs> yeah, I felt really bad because I was like, man, am I just really this bad at this game? <laughs> uh, but no, I was 10 runs behind. I just felt like I had played more, I guess, yeah. is the best way to put it. But not in a bad way. I just felt like I had played more. So, uh, Hades, yeah, that game was incredible. My goodness. So, cool. Any other games you want to talk about? No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm looking forward to your other two games. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about them both Three. very briefly, just because we've been talking about games for a very long time. Uh, so two <laughs> games that I've been playing that we're, we have not played together. One is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, uh, which is a Vanillaware game. Vanillaware uh, has made a couple side-scrolling beat-em-ups that were pretty big and pretty popular, and games I like, uh, Dragon's Crown and Odin Sphere, back in the days. And this is a visual novel with a kind of odd strategy technical uh, tactical strategy game mixed in that you have to do every once in a while and it got a lot of good buzz a lot of people were talking positively about it so i thought i would check it out now here's what i will say about this game the i'm not someone who typically likes tactical battles the the tactical battle system in this game it looks super complicated when you look at it but when you play it it's very straightforward so i don't really mind it it's fine it's hasn't been challenging at this part but what this how, how this game works is you have this narrative visual novel portion that you play, and eventually you get to a certain point in that visual novel where you can't go any further without doing going in and uh, finishing some of these battles. So you go and do some of these battles, and you go back to the visual novel part, and they're actually in the menu of the game, different parts. Huh. So like the the um part where you're in the visual novel is like you'll see like a completion percentage, and eventually you get to everyone's story, every protagonist's story so far that the only way you can progress it is like, hey, I gotta go do these battle things. So then you'll go to the other part of the game and do these battle <laughs> things, and then you go back again. But uh, the reason it's called 30, 13 Sentinels is there are thirteen characters, Josh, thirteen character stories that you have to follow, and Josh, they are not they're not in order. So they time jump. They are not done like beginning, middle, end. It is all over the place. And I was very, very worried about my ability to keep track of all this. And for the first few hours, it was very challenging. But I will say I'm about 10 hours in right now. The game takes about 20 to 30 hours to finish, um, which is pretty long for a visual novel. It's a lot of reading. But... I'm I'm keeping up pretty good. I think I have most things kind of understanding where things are going at. Uh, And so far, though it is, you know, very much a vanillaware game, uh, and there are definitely some hallmarks of uh, games that you're like, okay, well, everyone's in high school, and there's a lot of weird, like, my boyfriend, your girlfriend stuff. Uh, The general gist of the story is pretty interesting. How they're telling it is decently interesting. And there's a lot of cool different things kind of going on in it. So I keep wanting to play it. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's not like really any game I've ever played before. And I think on that value is just pretty cool. So yeah, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I thought it was Aegis, but then when you play the game, they say Aegis. So I guess that's what it is. There you go. Uh, yeah, definitely enjoying that. Then finally, you know, I've been talking so much about not caring about backwards compatibility Mm. and all these other things that it's just not a thing that I really care about. And I was like, okay, Kyle, do you not care? Or are you just saying you don't care because you haven't tried to do things like that? You know? So I said, okay, not time to sit down and let's actually go back and play some older games that are hopefully quick, not super long because there's a lot of really big things coming up, but let's just see and revisit some stuff. And does it give you the feels or you're like, oh, this is super awesome. So I decided I wanted to try to do that. 
And I have PlayStation Now, so I was like, hey, everyone says PlayStation Now is bad. Let's see how bad PlayStation Now is. <laughs> so I started playing Josh, Spec Ops The Line. Yes. Now let me say, I loved when I played Spec Ops The Line originally. I loved it. I thought the game was amazing. Going back to it, Josh, still pretty good. Yes. Not going to lie. Story-wise, still pretty good. Yeah. Here's the one thing that I, I really can't get over, and this is not a game fault. This is a PS3 thing. Man, I really hate shooting with L1 and R1. Oh, my goodness. I hate it so much. And you can't change it. The controls is so annoying. I hate that so, so much. Uh, but never, I will say this game is still pretty good. And I'm having fun playing it. And PlayStation Now for the most, like, I haven't really had, I had, I shouldn't say I had, haven't had any issues. I did have one time where the frame rate just bottomed out, but it was during a cutscene. Okay. So it had, didn't impact gameplay at all. Uh, but overall, like things have been running fine. You know, it is like I said, it's a PS3 game, so I can't download it. So I'm playing it streaming, and it's going fine. Uh, any issues I really feel like I've been having, it, it definitely feels like it's because of getting used to L1 and R1 doing stuff. Because I there have been many times when I have thrown a grenade when I meant to zoom in, like when I thought I was scoping <laughs> in on someone, but now I'm chucking a grenade. Uh, so yeah, I don't know that I want to play like a competitive FPS sure. over it, or that I want to play like a fighting game over it. But for something like this, where I'm really just along for the story, it's working totally fine. Uh, will this get me to go back and play a whole bunch of other games? We'll see. I don't think it's going to. <laughs> uh, but this game's also only like five or six hours long, so I probably will finish it. Because um, I think I'm like 90 minutes or two hours in right now. Nice. So Spec Ops The Line, story-wise, still really good. It is interesting, though, now going back and replaying it, since I know what happens. Yeah. How many more clues I'm picking up on while I'm playing Yeah, I started game. playing it on PC, and it looks great on PC. And I can use right trigger on my Xbox controller to fire. Uh, um, it's too bad it's not cross play because we could play that together. I'll probably play that on Extra Life, but uh, um, yeah, uh, it still looks great. And um, it is funny uh, trying to like dissect the scenes as they're happening. Like, right. It's like watching The Sixth Sense after you've seen it once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much so. And it's, it's funny now, too, because. There are certain things that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so obvious. Yeah. That I just apparently did not, was too oblivious to the first time I played <laughs> the game. But now I'm like, wow, that is so obvious. But yeah, clearly it wasn't because I didn't know. Uh, but that's kind of the stuff I've been playing. Wow, that was a lot of game talk, Josh. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, so with that, let's move on to your topic number two, Josh. What's your second topic this week? Well, I'm going to make this one real quick, and that will make up for... Our okay. overtime on games. I think both of the rest of ours are quick. This isn't even a great... This is something I wanted to mention, but it's not necessarily even good. Uh, so, uh, I uh, Ultra Pro, who uh, is partnered with Stone Blade Entertainment now, but basically they used to be known for playmats and card sleeves. Now they do uh, Legendary and all these board games. Um, legendary counters, things like that. Well, they have announced... Well, unveiled Florida Man, the board game. So yeah, it is essentially a game for two to ten players, ages seventeen and up. <laughs> uh, plays, <laughs> sorry, plays in fifteen minutes, um, and it's essentially uh, you have to figure out which headlines are true and which are false in the game. Um, there are over two hundred different headline cards, so there's probably not a lot of variety. Um, which includes 20 voting gator tokens and 10 Florida t-shirt figures, uh, 10 stand easy game board and rule sheet, 200 cards. It's definitely a Ascension looking box. 
Um, so I bring this up to ask you, um, have we finally seen everything made into a board game? And if not, what would you, if you could think of one crazy board game theme that you would think would never, ever, ever make it into board games, what would it be? What would you like to see as a board game that you think no one would buy or that just you would buy? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Is it though? <laughs> it's, <I thought> it was... <laughs> it's a good question only in the sense of I don't know if I have an answer to it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Pop-Tarts game exists. A Trapper Keeper game exists. It does. I just saw at Target a picnic game that has like a ketchup bottle and mustard bottle and like so like it's just that's a board game okay, okay. <laughs> uh there's a titanic board game <laughs> it's actually made by a notable company <laughs> oh really well it's it, it, funny because when you put this in that's your story i looked up the company because it's you know ultra pro a true or false guessing game by jacked game yeah <laughs> jjac KD. Uh, I looked them up and on Board Game Geek, their description is Jacked is a collective of gamers and game designers who enjoy a bit of adult humor in their tabletop games. We make easy, accessible games for an adult audience, perfect for a casual night in with some cocktails and friends. That's it. Nothing else. No, they don't have a website. They have one other game that's called Dad, Dad Joke Face Off After Dark. Ugh. Uh, I mean, oh. <laughs> there's no forum, no image, no videos, no geek list. There's nothing else about this company. So my big question back to you, Josh, since I have the, the game I thought of was a game about how to like make porchetta. I don't know why that's <laughs> the, like the first thing I thought of. Of I, I bet you there's not a porchetta making game. How do you think Jacked Games got to work with Ultra Pro? Yeah, uh, I imagine cons. They have these pitches. They have. Like, you can get pitch meetings with anyone that's, that's at the true. cons. Like, people just come with game ideas, and they sit down in a closed room with people from whatever company is doing them, and, you know, they pitch a game to them. And, I mean, if anything is, like, Florida Man is popular, right? This is the thing that is sweeping up the internet yeah. last year and this year. Like, what's your Florida Man story? Like, that's, you know, something they thought they could capitalize on, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, 15 minutes to play. There's only 200 different headline cards. Yeah, that's not a lot of variety. That's not a lot of variety. But they do have 10 Florida t-shirt figures, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, great. But hey, 20 bucks, 15 minutes, age of 17 up. There is probably a audience for this who would enjoy it very, very much. Yeah, 20 bucks is the the grabber, right? That's that's what's going to sell for them. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say about Florida Man? Any theme you can think of? Yeah, we'll never get a board game. You know what I thought would be real stupid is if they made a Tamagotchi board game where you have to physically leave it up and <laughs> it just always stays on the table. And if you don't go put a food token on it every 24 hours, it dies. <laughs> and if you don't remove a poop token every 20, like every 12 hours, <laughs> it stinks. But they're actually stinky pieces. So like you would smell the poop pieces. <laughs> right. Yeah, if anyone makes that game, you owe me money now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an interesting idea. That is definitely an interesting idea. I mean, I don't know how it would actually keep track of it. You have to but play like two players, going. right? So someone is like the keeper. Oh. Mm. And you have to live with them. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right. So I have kind of two things for my topic, too, because one of them I think is going to be really quick. Uh, Josh, Magic the Gathering, a game I used to love very, very dearly, and I have not played much recently, but I still follow pretty closely. Things are getting a bit out of control, Josh. Uh, This is coming from the good folks over at ICV2. Wizards of the Coast bans a valuable mythic rare from Zendikar Rising. Now, Zendikar Rising is their newest set, the set that just came out mere weeks ago. Uh, And they have already banned uh, Omnath, Locus of Creation, from basically every format in the game. Now, this card currently, running about 20 bucks uh, prior to ban, is kind of where it was at. But also this card, uh, in tournaments, was making up something like 96% of the top 20 decks at most tournaments it was in. So this card definitely was getting a lot of play. Uh, Very common card, broken in multiple formats. I don't necessarily want to talk specifically about that. I think that's important. We've talked about secondhand market, should wizards care, all this good stuff. But I think it's probably not a good look when you are banning a card from basically every format within a couple weeks of the card being released. Like that seems like not a good thing. But Josh, what I really want to talk to you about more is this kind of Twitter thing that happened. So Brian Kibler, Magic Hall of Famer, uh, and Frank Karsten, I believe also Magic Hall of Famer, uh, were t- kind of had this little chat, if you would, on Twitter, where Brian Kibler said, quote, if my math is right, there have been more cards banned in the past 12 months than in the past 14 years combined. And Frank Karsten um, chimed, quoted that tweet and chimed in and said, the math checks out. Out of all cards banned in standard over the past 15 years, 56% were banned in the past 12 months. So Josh, bans in Magic used to be extremely rare, clearly. It was not a thing that happened regularly. Uh, Very fringe thing where it seemed like a design maybe got away from Wizards of the Coast um, more than they anticipated. Now, we've talked about how they have the Future Future League and these people who are playtesting and all this other good stuff. In the past 12 months, there have been more bands than in the previous 15 years of Magic. Is this a problem? <laughs> Josh, like, what do you what do you think? When you hear that, as someone who I know doesn't really play Magic, yeah. what, what do you think? I mean, is this okay? Is this sustainable? Do you care? Well, when I hear it, it makes me think that people are, they don't, well, either people are going unchecked or they don't care. Um, about bands, obviously, if there's that many compared to that many years, that's, that is a problem. Right. Period. Because also, however, I would, I would say if I had to guess, um, there's probably way more tournament play than there was in the first 15 years of Magic. So that would probably skew those facts a little bit. I don't think so much so that. Like I think it's just a, like a a guess as far as perspective goes. Like maybe um, that's a little inflated, but that being said, uh, and, uh, they need to figure out what they want to do, right? Right. Because clearly this is a problem for the players, right? So does this mean is Magic losing money because of this? Is is this anything that they're incentivized to fix? I think that's the big problem from Wizards of the Coast side. Right. And I, I, 
here here's my big concern with it, right? Is that if you are someone new to the game and you walk into a store and you buy some packs and say they're having a Friday night magic and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to buy some packs. I'm going to throw together a deck here quick. I'm going to play. Now, A, probably not advisable to go that way. It's probably not going to go very well for you. But B, like if you do that and then you crack open your packs and then you're going to have this card in it. Yeah. And then someone at the store might be like, hey, you can't use that. Right? Like, how is that good? It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. So, and there's a lot of speculation. If you, you can really dive deep into this if you want to. There's a lot of speculation that Hasbro has been been more influential on magic in recent years than they were previously i don't know how true that is but you know they are making considerable money off of magic now um they kind of always has been but i would argue that when i was playing magic there were big tournaments most weekends whether it be a star city open uh you know a channel fireball invite uh whether it actually be like a grand uh, a grand prix or something like that like there were a lot of big tournaments that were going on so I don't know that Magic is more popular right now than it used to be. I could be wrong. I, I it, Maybe it is still more popular. I know when I was playing it, it was more popular than it ever had been, and maybe it has continued to grow. Yeah. But I also don't know that if Magic the Gathering Arena now is having some influence on design and flexibility of design. I don't know if they're just more focused on that. I, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like Something is amiss. And the thing that's tough for me to swallow is that when I played Magic, it was a lot of fun. Like, it was competitive. There were multiple decks you could play. And there were decks you could play for very little money, all the way up to very expensive if you wanted to, all of which were completely viable, right? You could play Red Deck Wins, have an $80 total deck, you know, and go in and still be competitive. Or you could go play, you know, five-color control and have a 500-some-dollar deck. Yeah. And going head-to-head... Either one of you could potentially win that match, you know? And when you get to a point where everyone has to have four of Omneth Locus of Mana, uh, it gets way less fun then, right? It all becomes about how do I beat the other person running the exact same thing, not how do I create this new thing that I want to do that's really fun. Was your fun limited to tournament play or was it just fun on its own? Oh, it was just fun on its own too. Right. Like going to Friday Night Magic, which is, I mean, kind of tournament play. Like the lo- the rules enforcement level is much lower, but you still have to follow the rules. Yeah, and you still have to follow deck building guidelines and all that good stuff. Yes, I would go play that. But yes, my friends and I would get together and we would do um, cube drafts, or we'd play EDH, um, IE Commander. Now, like we would still do that just for funsies for sure. But so for me, it was both. I enjoyed both aspects of yeah. it for sure. So. Yeah, it's just very interesting. I I feel like something is off, that something with Wizards is not going the way they intended to. Um, and I, I just really wonder, for the health of the game, if anything is going to change. Uh, like I said, if you go into a lot of the Magic communities right now, people are really unhappy. Yeah, uh, that they're, they're happy to play now because they feel the format is better, but just in general, they feel like they're not being heard and that just balance and, and design has is, is not been great for the last couple of years. So. That's a bummer. It is a bummer because I kind of think about getting back into magic from time to time, but seeing things like this make me not want to. Anyway, my real second topic, Josh, the board of the video <laughs> games definitive ranking of board games that is a really good chance we've maybe played. 
So you might remember, dear listener, we started this a couple weeks back, and this is going to be a semi-recurring segment where every once in a while we're going to bring some board games to the table, and we're going to add them to our list of kind of where we feel these board games rank upon our ranking. Because, you know, who needs the Board Game Geek rankings when you have the board with video games definitive ranking of board games that are a really good chance we've maybe played? There you go. I was going to make sure you said the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, the current r- rankings, as they are, since I said, like we just started, Current rankings, number one, Cosmic Run Regeneration, number two, Small World, number three, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, number four, Machikoro, number five, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. So those are the five games currently on the rankings. Josh, what game would you like to bring to the rankings this week? The game I was going to say last time, uh, Sagrada. Ooh, Sagrada. Where would you, what's your initial pitch? Where do you think initially this game should go? I think... For me, it's complicated saying these games and then having to, like, place them. But I think it's top for me right now. I think it's above okay. Cosmic Run. There's so much to enjoy about Sagrada, even if we're judging it off without its expansions. Because mm-hmm. um, there's also a five to six player expansion. And uh, now there's two new Passion and Life expansions. Um, well, this is just one of those games... Um, it's, it's simple to play hard to master because it's luck of the die roll, but it's also dice drafting. So it's even more than just the luck of a die roll. It's also, um, drafting correctly. And and it's obviously more complicated, the more players you get. Um, but those tile cards and how many different ones there can be and how easy that this game is for expansions even if we don't include expansions but the ability to expand makes it even more appealing to me Um, you could even make custom boards for this game um, probably pretty easily Um, it has a little math in there, it has a little strategery in there Um, just a game that I really enjoy a lot and easy to teach anybody so what you're saying is you hate Cosmic Run Regeneration and that <laughs> you think that game should not be number one anymore because you like Sagrada. Right. So every time I bring in a game that I might put at the top, <laughs> I hate all the other games below it. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I have to this day yet to play Sagrada, so I really can't oh, argue. That surprises me. I know. And it surprises me too. I It's one of those games that every time I go to pick up a new game, I say, you know, I really haven't played Sagrada yet. I should probably do that. Do you own and it? And then I buy something else. No, oh, I don't, don't even own, own it. it. Okay. Yeah, and then I buy something else. So I just have never even purchased the game. We get it. So, yeah, I can't really argue with you. I know just from the people I know who have played it, like yourself, that you everyone seems to really enjoy it. I don't have a really good reason as to why it should not be above Cosmic Run Regeneration. <laughs> so what a, I guess it's number what a sticky one on the situation list now. we're in. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I guess it's number one on the list. All right, so Sagrada, number one, the new frontrunner. It must uh, the... it must have been on sale on Prime Day because it's sold out on Amazon right now. So it was like $3 it, off or something? It must have been, yeah, cheap. I don't know. <laughs> I don't – okay, real quick side note. Prime Day – like Prime Day deals really aren't that good, right? Uh, they had Marvel Villainous, Marvel Villainous for 22 bucks. I mean, that's pretty good price. I just, I don't know. But yeah. When I look at the Prime Day deals <laughs> in general, I, yes, you might occasionally find a gem, but I feel like Prime Day in general is not all that amazing. I think it's more yeah. the hype than it is actually good deals. I agree with you on that. It is, it is way okay. more hyped up, I think, than anything else. 
cool. Well, at least we're on the same page about that. Sakata. And I guess we're on the same page about Sakata now being number one. <laughs> okay, Josh, here's the game I'm going to bring to the list. King of Tokyo. <laughs> so King of Tokyo, a classic game, obviously. Basically a Yahtzee-style game where everyone plays a different monster. Try to t- become the King of Tokyo. On your turn, you can choose to attack other monsters. Uh, you can choose to kind of charge up your abilities. All of this good stuff. Now, when I play King of Tokyo, Josh, I don't know about you, but I always play it with the variable player powers. Like, I don't even... I know technically the base game doesn't have that. Yeah. But I don't even really think of the game without that. So I guess in my mind, I'm just including that in this, <laughs> which maybe I shouldn't be. But I am. Uh, so King of Tokyo, like I said, that classic. Good for all ages. Easy to teach. Um, always a fun time. It does have player elimination, which isn't something you see all that often anymore in games. But uh, yeah, I think looking at the list, for me, this would probably be at like number three. Mm-hmm. So above Small World. Below Cosmic Run Regeneration. That's kind of my initial thoughts about King of Tokyo. What are your thoughts on King of Tokyo, Josh? Um, well, first of all, Sagrada's 23 bucks at Target, just so you know. Put just put okay. that into the universe. Um Good to know. I could have put this above Cosmic Run, but I'm also comfortable where you have it. I think the theme is where it's stronger in that area. Um, mm-hmm. um and the uh diversity the diversity and choices versus like cosmic run um but also you really have to want to play a monster um smash em up game to play king of tokyo um and it is more competitive i think than cosmic run because in cosmic run you're competing kind of you're competing against the board and the players but king of tokyo you're always competing against each other and and so so I could I I'm definitely comfortable keeping it below Cosmic Run, but it is a great game, and I keep going back and forth on if I want to get the Dark Edition and surrender oh, my yeah. regular one or not. But yeah, okay. Well, we'll slot it in at number three then. And I, like we've said, we can always come back and revisit these and change our minds later if we feel we want to. Yes. So tentatively for now at number three. Uh, you know, podcast is going a little long, Josh, but let's each do just one more game. <laughs> okay. So what is one additional game you'd like to nominate to the list? You know, I was just looking around through my, my things of games I might want to lists, mm-hmm. and I want to pick, I want to try to guess a game we both play, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Like I said, we don't have to. That's the whole yeah. purpose of our list. No, I know. Um, let's do Santorini. Oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> This is a game, if I recall, you're not a huge fan of. No, I, I actually, I, I do like it. I do like Sandra. Okay. Um, I think, I think I was like a, a victim of overhype for the game, which is why I came a little that hard on it. Okay. Um, I really do enjoy it. Uh, and I played the app a little bit too when that came out, but um, the board presence is a big thing for this game, right? Yeah. Um, and if you use the god powers that you can inherently get in the game, mm-hmm. um, those are helpful as well. Um, it's I don't. It's not. It's not a simple ver. Like it's in the realm of chess or onitama, like player movement. Uh, but it's vertical as well, and you you have to plan. I don't, I don't know why I'm trying to review this game. Uh, I'm not trying to review it. I'm just trying to figure out where I would put it. I think I would put it... I feel like you're, you're definitely going to put it higher than me, I think. So I think I would put it 
between King of Tokyo and Cosmic Run. Okay, so you'd put it at number three. Yeah, I think I like it more than King of Tokyo. Um because what it, like what it does, it does really well. And I don't want to hold that against a game that maybe it's just not necessarily like for me all the time. But I think right. what it does, it does it does better what it's set out to do than King of Tokyo. Does that make sense at all? <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying that it it does is what it's trying to do better than what King of yeah, Tokyo does. Yeah. Right. Even though they're trying to do different things, right. Santorini is more successful at what it's trying Hard to, to do. Hard to compare the two, but that's the I think the best way to, for me to do it at least. I could I'll, I'm comfortable with that placement. I do love Santorini a lot. Um but I agree that it's not Yeah, it, it is a very good version of what it is trying to do but i think there are definitely games that do more than what it does and probably do it better but i'm a big fan of santorini i think that it's a fun um tactical little game you're right the table presence is awesome uh you know having those god powers is a cool fun way to mix things up kind of like in king of tokyo uh but yeah like i would definitely i definitely like it more than king of tokyo i would be pretty i probably personally would put it above cosmic run but i'm comfortable with your placement i think it's a good placement um so yeah we'll go with it the new number three. Oh man our list is getting all messed up here josh <laughs> no number three santorini okay josh i have a whole bunch of games listed here as options yeah so here's my question do you want to go with a game that is a style of game that is not on the list yet or do you want to go with a game that um is something that i know we have both recently played well i don't let me, let me make a proposition to you okay why don't you do two and i save my next topic for next week so we have time for your last topic okay. and you can do two those two games now okay perfect so here we go then the first one a game i know we both just recently played because we played it together oh. lords of water deep josh <laughs> we're lords of water deep you know kind of the entry-level worker placement game yeah. we don't really have a worker placement game per se really on the list yet um and the next game i'm going to talk about we definitely don't have that style of game on the list yet uh, a game widely loved, uh, definitely kind of looked at as the go-to entry-level worker placement. Has that D&D theming throughout, which some people love. Definitely is going to be a turnoff for some people. Um, where, what are you thinking for <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep? So, um, I think that anyone can play this game and not and overlook the D&D theme totally. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're looking at the um the behemoth igor thing or whatever it's called like the the what is it called anyway it doesn't matter i'm not a dnd guy the the giant eyeball <laughs> with eight tentacle right. things um beyonder or something i don't know um uh th- <laughs> this game would be above sagrada for me <laughs> and i i know i have wow. a bias this is um in a very short list of board games for me that I want everyone who plays board games to play. I think there's it, what it like, it is the quintessential worker placement board game. Quintessential. Really? I think that if you're going to teach anyone a worker placement game, they should play this game first. This is like, this is like boot camp for worker placement board games, but it's not boring or grueling and it doesn't kick your butt. But I'm, I think I'm super biased towards this game, so I am, I am obviously movable on it. But I really um, love this game, and the expansion is um, 
it doesn't add too much. It just adds enough to make like more plays more interesting. But there's so many different options, and it works great with two players or more. Um, uh, I think you have to do a little finicking for two players, but um, I really enjoy the game a lot, and I I admit my bias. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I you know I knew you liked this game. I didn't think you were going to come out as the number one game on the list, though. Well, for now. So, <laughs> well, right for now. So you're saying it's better than Small World. Yeah, I think it's way better than Small World, in my opinion. Better than Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah. Better than King of Tokyo. I have a hard time comparing it to Sagrada, but I do also think once we get all the way up to Sagrada, I would say the same. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. You know, I, it's a game I do really enjoy. I forgot how much I enjoyed it until we played it again recently. Yeah. Granted, I was <laughs> I forgot how to play it until like halfway <laughs> through the game, and then I was like, oh, this is great. Now I remember what I'm doing, uh, which was a little too late to, you know, but I still did okay, I thought, yes. for, for not knowing how to play for half the game. Um, oh, man. I'm just trying to think of, do I want to have Lords of Waterdeep as the number one game on our list? Like, what does that say about us, Josh? You shouldn't think of it that way. Okay. If you don't Lord want it as number one, though, we that's definitely debatable. No, I think I think for what we have right now on the list, Lords of Waterdeep going number one is totally fine. I just know many, many games down in the future that I would put above sure. it. But I think based off of all the games we currently have on the list, I, I'm okay with that placement. Yeah, something has to go in number one until another number one comes along. We're not saying it's the best board game out there. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, so Lord of Waterdeep, number one. All right, Josh, a game that we don't have this style of game on the list at all yet. Uh, but I wanted to start with, you know, I think in general with this list, we've been doing a lot of uh more entry level a little easier games and i'm going to kind of continue that with this game but in the future i'm probably going to start bringing bringing some heavier stuff to the table yeah. um but you know we don't really have a cooperative game yet so forbidden desert josh Ooh. you pick you know, that one over of those games or are you just doing it just in, in the specific order i am picking forbidden i prefer forbidden desert to forbidden okay. island uh so that is the reason i picked it but obviously we could you could come back with forbidden <laughs> island in the future we could have that debate at that point <laughs> A cooperative game, obviously trying to build your little machine so you can get out of the desert. Board is constantly changing and moving, adding sand to it to make it impassable. Uh, literally pieces and the, the placement of the board changes based off of the wind. Uh, it has adjustable difficulty where you can start very basic and make it not too challenging, uh, up to extremely challenging, realistically, if you if you want to max things out there. Uh, variable player powers where different players and different characters in the game have different abilities. Uh, but still, overall, pretty easy to teach, pretty easy to learn. Uh, not really any complicated rules as far as here's this little thing you have to remember for only one situation, like pretty straightforward. What are your thoughts, Josh? Forbidden Desert. I love the Forbidden. Well, I haven't played Forbidden Sky yet. I do have it. I love the Forbidden Games uh, from Island and Desert. Um, while I personally like Island better than Desert, I also acknowledge how much better it got with Desert as far as like mm -hmm. theme and and challenge um and like having to hide in caves when the sun's up and things like that um yeah i really like i love those games i i like um the cooperative aspect where it's not like it's cooperative but you're not like solely reliant uh, like pandemic wise on your teammates like you still need people to get pieces but mm -hmm. um uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and actually, it, it makes me want to play it again. 
<laughs> now that you bring it up. I think there's actually, they're working on digital adata- adaptations for them too. Um, or they're already out, one of the two. Uh, yeah, I like it more than Cosmic Run. I probably like it as much as Sagrada. Really? Wow, okay. It's a great game. This is another one of those games where I think if you specifically... um, This is a beach house game. Does that make sense when I say that? Like, you no. rent out a, a beach house and there's like five board games on the shelf in their cat mm-hmm. and their cubby hole and it's like ticket to ride and forbidden desert oh, okay, and okay. you know games that you know everyone will love um and it's definitely like a game where people who want cooperative games like my wife doesn't always love competitive games like these are games are real fun to play but they're strong games on their own they're not just a fun cooperative game it's right. like a solid good board game so for me, I like this game, but I definitely don't have it as high as you do. I would probably put it either right above or right below Small World. Okay. So between King of Tokyo and Small World, or between Small World and Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Because while I do enjoy Forbidden Desert, when I think of cooperative games I want to play, it is probably the fourth or fifth one I'm pulling out. Okay. You know, there's a lot of games I'm going to pull out before it. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a knock on the game. I think the game is really well designed. I think especially when you're getting early into the hobby, I think it is a great, great cooperative game to learn and understand how cooperative games work and, and a neat example of one. I just think that at this point, it is a game that has been surpassed by many games for me. Okay. So I like I would never say, no, I don't want to play it. But I also is not the first game I'd pull out. It's on iOS. So, I, what's that? It's on iOS. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I think I'm a little lower on it than you are. So, where would you feel? Where could you live with it? I can live w- with it. I'm not like attached to it. Like, okay, you, wherever you feel comfortable, I'm. I am also comfortable with. Okay, so th- since I will put it then maybe a little bit higher than I was planning. Or then I would have put it, so I'll put it between Small World and King of Tokyo. How does that sound? It sounds great to me. Which now puts the list at Lords of Waterdeep number one, Sagrada two, Cosmic Run Regeneration three, Santorini four, King of Tokyo five, Forbidden Desert six, Small World seven, Castles of Mad King Ludwig eight. Is that what it's on? Or seven? Whatever number I forgot (laughs) already. Machikoro after that. And at the end, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. So... That is the list as it stands. We're to the point where I'm probably going to start putting an actual list together, uh, and I'll have it linked on the Twitter, and I'll probably just start giving out a, you know, a link you can go to for the full thing. But then that way, Josh and I can just be looking at it, and I don't have to always read it off because we're kind of getting to that point already. Yeah. But that's where we currently sit. Uh, do you want to cover your top third topic quickly, or would you rather wait for it for the future? Well, just wait for it. I don't mind. Uh, okay. There's probably a few things I want to say about your third topic, so I don't want to. I kind of figured <laughs> that you might want to. All right, so here we go with my third topic then. Marvel's Avengers, which Josh adores, uh, is delaying, well, it seems like just about everything. Uh, Next Gen is now coming in 2021. Originally, it was announced to be date and date with the console launches. Uh, That is now being pushed to 2021. Kate Bishop, which was supposed to be released in October here, has been pushed back to, I think, an unconfirmed date. Is that correct, Josh? Mm -hmm. Um, Did they even say if it's November? No, not that I know. So just that is... So then since she is pushed back, I would assume Hawkeye will de facto be pushed back as well, though they didn't say that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I mean, they are giving us some currency and things like that to be like, hey, just still keep playing the game. Here's some cool things. They also give uh, a list of future feedback or future things they're working on based on fan feedback, including a ping system, uh, a reassembled campaign replay so you can go through the campaign again um, and replay it with your superhero's level and gear intact. A high contrast mode, some hero icon visibility, mission reward clarity, and then off-screen and ranged enemy attack indicators uh, are some of the features they're working on right now, as well as the typical performance stability, all of that good stuff. So that all comes on the news that Avengers has been dipping below 1,000 concurrent players on PC, causing some difficulty with matchmaking. So all this goes to say, Josh, Marvel's Avengers is a game you really enjoy, uh, a game that sold very well. NPD came out, and it was the best-selling game of September, if I recall. Uh, but also already really seems to be losing a lot of its players. Uh, we had a game not too long ago that kind of was in that same situation, one of the best games of selling games of February uh, a couple a year or two ago, uh, and then everyone stopped playing it, that, called Anthem. Hmm. So, Josh, is Marvel's Avengers Anthem 2.0? That was our fear before the game came out, right? Yep, it was. Is is that coming true? I I, I do also want to mention our appreciation credits. We're not even getting those till November fifth, so it's not even yeah. like a timely sorry. Like they have a whole month to give us credits. <laughs> so right. like, get your acts together. <laughs> um. I'm not very happy with anything that's going on with this right now. In fact, I haven't been enticed to go back and play the game, period, because everything post... There's a little post-game like stuff to do, and then everything after that is the same repetitive missions over and over again. That, However, you know, you're trying to do it with different characters, but you're bringing in characters with you that are already leveled, so you're not even necessarily leveling the character you want up quick enough, and then half the ones you can choose from, you're not even leveled high enough to do them. So it's it it becomes increasingly more frustrating to play them. Um, I was really banking on a new character, right? I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm going to enjoy this game for its campaign. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm happy with the game I got campaign wise, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, someday, hopefully the two of us will play this. I thought we'd be doing it on PS five, but we ain't going to see that change. Um, I would love to play more multiplayer with people I know, um, but it's no right. fun with strangers. I just never enjoy that in any game. Um, at least in destiny, you're just in a world with people around. You don't have to like rely on them necessarily to do things for you or with you mm-hmm. um and that's what happened with anthem right like there could be people in the world around you but unless they were all jumping in on this thing that was going on you're not going to complete it so that's like the in-between between destiny and marvel's avengers is like anthem um i mean do i even point out the fact that we're gonna we're, we have to wait for kate bishop who should have been out, in my opinion, by now. And then the next DLC we get after her is Hawkeye, the same character. Right. <laughs> right. So you're going to give us two ca- exact same characters, um, at least um, in combat, like, ty- like style. Uh, I just, I don't understand the logic behind that. Like, you should push Hawkeye out five characters away from this, unless they don't plan on 
um, supporting the characters as much as they rumored that they were going to um, from the like the data mines. Uh, yeah, I'm just not happy with it. Uh, I, I don't think it's Anthem 2.0 because as much as I actually did like um, Anthem campaign you couldn't play it solo <laughs> you like at least with avengers you can play offline that's true um so there still is um you know you could argue that the ai isn't great um and they definitely sometimes just stand around and don't do anything while they're getting shot at uh but at least they're there and that you know that was an even bigger problem for anthem um I just really hope that they figure something out to bring life back to this game somehow. And and to the people who are enjoying it, I think Dev is still playing it and enjoying it. I I think if I'm understanding Discord chat correctly, um, and I know Nathan really enjoyed it. Uh, I just when I play Destiny, I don't feel the grind. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel grindy to me. And this right. every aspect of this now feels like 100% of a grind and it's not fun. Um, I did see they added a new like social hub. Great. Like in one of the updates, like a new location to yeah. go to and talk to another new person who's going to give you uh, the same mission probably every day for a week straight. <laughs> like I'm just a little salty on it is all. I really just hope that um, it doesn't become another anthem. Yeah. So their press release um, talking about their future content, um, and this is from the actual Avengers.SquareEnixGames.com uh, site. It says, quote, moving forward, we intend to have a fixed, predictable patching cycle to ensure all <laughs> new content meets both our and your high standards and is time for extensive internal testing. We know fans are hungry for new content, but delivering a fun experience is our priority. With that in mind, we've decided to, put, uh, we just decided to push Kate Bishop's Operation Launch back a bit out of October. This is a bit. How long do you think a bit is? Uh, I mean, they are <laughs> they push back the next gen stuff too, right? So I'm going to guess right. uh, next gen launch. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll see cuz then it continues. It says we're sorry for this slight delay, uh but we are dedicated to as a team to quality first. Kate's new operation will be a must-play for fans wanting to know what's next in the story. In Marvel's Avengers Kate Bishop taking aim, Tachyon Rifts will become a harbinger of a new threat. As players investigate the sources of them, they will pick up on a story that begins shortly after the conclusion of the Reassemble campaign. Then comes Clint. We'll have more information on him later. And looking into 2021. So, okay. so before looking like Kate and Clint should still be this year. Um, and then it says, after that, our biggest Avengers Initiative edition yet will introduce a new hero, region, and narrative arc. I'm wondering if that's the Black Panther stuff that they, they pushed was back. supposedly going to be first. Yeah. Um, and then it says, we've also made the decision to shift our PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS launch next year to ensure that we give our team the time to deliver a next-gen experience, showcasing all the game is meant to be, more details to come. But you will still get some upgrades if you play on the next-gen systems um, from backwards compatibility, increased frame rates, all that good stuff. So, it'll be interesting. I really do hope, like I said, it sounds like potentially that Kate and Clint are still this year. Uh, but it sounds like, for the most part, that it's going to be it for content this year, mm. and then most of the stuff is going to come next year. Now, granted, we haven't gotten a character pack yet, basically, so we don't know how big this additional content for each character will be. That's true. But, yeah, we'll be. It'll be interesting because I have not gotten back to this game. I finished the reassemble campaign, and I did a little stuff after that, but I really haven't played it since then. And I kind of I want to, but I hmm, similar to you, like I always felt like I was doing work. Yeah. 
when I was when I was doing those things, and I I don't know that um, I want to always be doing that. Um, also, just to note, I did take a look um, on the Steam charts. Uh, currently, uh, there was 1,293 players playing Marvel's Avengers as of 38 minutes ago. 24-hour peak is 2,095. Hmm. Uh, but in the last like week or so, it looks like the lowest number of concurrent players on Steam has been 688. Oh. So that's pretty low. I mean, but it does like I mean they are still getting over 2,000 pretty regularly as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know from a matchmaking perspective how good that is. I have no idea. But uh. Not it's not you know it's not consistently under a thousand players at least so that's good right <laughs> yes I guess <laughs> but just you know for some if you want some uh, context uh, the number one game right now is Counter Strike Global Offensive uh, with current players is three hundred ninety three thousand yeah that's a lot a lot more <laughs> yeah it's a lot more uh, number ten this is the, these are the things that always crack me up number ten is Rust at 41,000 players currently. Rust has 41,000 players, and Avengers yes, has 2,000. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, with that, Josh, you know, why don't you go ahead and let's uh, move on to well-rounded life recommendations. Sound like a plan? I think that's a great idea. Awesome. Well, obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to leave you with one other thing that we're currently into that is not gaming-related that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation? Hey, thanks to you, I found out that there is a documentary called Developing Hell on YouTube from Noclip, um, and I find that out I found that out at the end of last week's episode, so the first thing I did was start watching it that night. Uh, it was... It was uh, um, is it five episodes or six? They're an hour, almost an hour long each. Uh, just fascinating uh, look at how early access games work. And what I thought was like the most interesting was seeing the game that you were playing in early access and seeing the game that I've just started when I started it is in completely is, I mean, it's not completely different, but like, the bad guys are different colors, different shapes. There's yep. less of them. There's different ones. There's like so many things changed between like the start and end, or at least version 1.0 of the game that um, it really makes me not want to get Baldur's Gate 3 in early access <laughs> <laughs> um, because I feel like the game is going to be so much different. I know that that's not the case for every game, but right. he's really grew. Like it really yeah. changed. Um, and there's so many, I didn't realize, like, I know he said how small the, st- I know that, that we, we were told how small the studio is. Ed said it's like, you know, there's not many, but I really right. didn't understand just from the art department and the sound and the music, like how small one person, I know art has yeah. more than one person, but like f- for this one guy to do all of this music, basically not only just the music, but most of the voices. And I was shocked he was Zagreus and other characters, uh, Scully, Skelly, all these things. Like, there's so many interesting things in this documentary, and it's not boring. A lot of um, it covers a lot. And if you're at all curious of about the board game industry, uh, board game video game industry, or how games get made, like this is a can't miss free episodic documentary on youtube like and it's filmed in hd so it looks great too yeah yeah it's pretty great great. and that's why (laughs) that's why i said you know for the episode that's about art and music you know 
Jen obviously does amazing art. Her you know art yes. style is very prevalent throughout all of their games. But yeah, Derek Corb, you know, she just does everything. No big deal. <laughs> just does all the music, a lot of voices, mixes it all, plays all all the instruments. He just does yeah. it. No big deal. My goodness. crazy. It is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So that's developing hell on YouTube. Uh, my recommendation, Josh. You know, it's becoming fall. And one of my favorite things to do when it is becoming fall is when it's getting a little cool out, open the windows. It's like it's just a little cool in the house. Get a nice little blanket, curl up on the couch, take a nice little nap in that cool, crisp fall air, Josh. Oh, I love it so much. Naps in general, I enjoy. But fall naps, oh, they're the best naps. <laughs> I could. I wish every nap was a fall nap. Uh, but I encourage you to do it. Uh, hey, number one, it's nice because, you know, you open the windows, air the house out a little bit as you're not going to be, at least where I live, there's going to be a few months where that's not going to be an option. <laughs> you know, like yeah. windows are going to be staying shut for a while here. But yeah, just take a nap or two and just, you know. Two, two in naps a in a day, bit. Kyle? No, not necessarily. I'm just saying in general. I don't take a nap every okay. day. So just saying, if you're not a napper, just, you know, maybe maybe explore that option every once in a while. It can, it's good for your soul. And, you know, helps you appreciate the nice crisp fall weather that we're having right now. So that's my well-rounded life recommendation. A nap. It also can relieve stress. Yeah, and if you, so, you, know, that can be helpful if you don't enjoy naps now, have a kid and you'll love naps. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Josh, what do you say we wrap the show Let's up? Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at BoardWithVG, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoardWithVGE. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Speaking of that, congratulations to at Zenith to won our Hades contest. Congrats. And as I understand, they're already enjoying the game. So that is great news. That is great. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg. So please use that hashtag as well on all social media. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board With Video Games feed. I only have a couple more weeks to tell you that I'm doing Extra Life, so I'm going to tell you again. On November 7th, I am participating in a 24-hour gaming stream starting at 10 a.m. on the 7th, ending at 10 a.m. on the 8th. Uh, via great expense to my family's <laughs> time <laughs> and babysitting. So I'm, I'm sacrificing lots <laughs> uh, to help. I'm doing it for Boston Children's Hospital, but really it's just for all children's hospitals local to whoever is raising money. Um, yeah, I think Kyle and I talked, I might, he might have swayed me into bringing my PlayStation in to the computer room as well. So we can play Ghost of Tsushima Legends. If not, um, we will at least try to play a game or two or three together at some point. If you have any games you'd like me to play, let me know. If you want to play games with me, let me know. But most importantly, if you can donate, even if it's a dollar, uh, I would appreciate it because it's going to the kids, not to me. Um, and I have a pinned tweet. The first tweet you'll see under at Josh Bones will be the link to my extra life. If you can't find it or you want a separate link, just email us and I will send you that link. 
but um and if you can't donate show up show up to my stream just say hi uh show us some support so people know that i got some supporters out there kyle where can people find you so you can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Stop gaming.